Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Design Curious Podcast. I am your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. Today we have an interview with a designer who is a great example of how it is never too late to transition your career into interior design. Even though she had a successful career for many years, she could not get past the desire to go into interior design. So you'll hear all about that today. Her name is Martha Lowry. Before we get into a little bit more about her, I wanted to remind you that we have our holiday special going on for My Design Mentor. There are three different ways you can get a bonus call with me for 30 minutes to ask your questions one-on-one that you might have about the career before you jump into it. So this is a great opportunity for that. But you can also join My Design Mentor and understand what the career is all about and see if it's a good fit for you. We have monthly group calls inside of that program as well as a lot of content for you to really get your feet wet with interior design. And then also if you want to hang up your shingle, we have a business starter kit within the program as well. So sign up before the end of the year to take advantage of that great opportunity. Also, January 1st, prices will increase. It's very affordable right now. And come January 1st, those prices will go up. So you're going to want to lock in that rate right now is very affordable for you to get in there and really discover if interior design is the career for you. So let me tell you a little bit about Martha Laurie, and she is a native of Huntington, West Virginia, but now resides in Winston-Salem, North Carolina with her husband, Ron. She is president and CEO of Design of the Times, Inc., where she specializes in residential design. Martha's company has been in operation for 27 years, and her clientele is on the East Coast. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics and a Bachelor of Arts in Interior Design. Martha is an allied member of ASID and has served on the board of the Carolina chapter of ASID. Martha has extensive experience as a community volunteer and as an elder at First Presbyterian Church. Her hobbies include reading, gardening, traveling, sewing, and genealogy. So let's hear from Martha today about her second career of interior design, which she has obviously been doing for a long time now. But it's great to hear how people can transition. Just because you start out in life on one trajectory doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up, right? So let's hear from Martha. She has some great insight for us. And I do apologize. At some points, the audio does come in and out a little bit. I think it was just the internet connection, but it is still worthwhile to listen to. So let's have a listen. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, and if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. Hi, Martha. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you asking me to to join you. Yeah, it's great. Why don't you tell us all what the name of your business is and where you're located? My business is called Design at the Times Incorporated, and I am located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Great. Well, why don't you start us back at how you got into interior design? Was it a traditional path? 
Did you always know you want to be a designer? What's the details? It was a very untraditional path. I was a math and computer science major in college the first time through and did computer programming for a while. I was a sous chef in a restaurant for a while. I taught high school math for a little while. And then I decided I wanted to pursue something that I had always been interested in, which was interior design. So I went back to school and got a second bachelor's degree in interior design here in Winston-Salem at Salem College and finished in 1991. Worked for another designer for a couple of years, wonderful guy, Bruce Anderson, and then started my own business in late 1993. So I have, I've been in business for 29 years. Wow. You've got an anniversary coming up then. You need to celebrate. I, I sure do. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. Well, let's talk about that time when you transitioned from teaching math over to interior design. Like what was the prompting for that? Did you have a longing to do something different or what was the reason? Hey, I that? did. I did. I decided, although I really like students of that age group, I did not particularly like being in a classroom of 30. Oh, yeah. High school students. The discipline was a little, little much for me. And so I decided, you know, I just really took some time. I was getting married at the time and decided design was something that I'd always had some interest in. I've always enjoyed putting things together and and color and creating spaces. And in middle school, what we used to call junior high, I took home ec. And one of our assignments was we had a section called interior design and we had to put together a room. And I just really, really enjoyed that. Wow. And so it goes back to about the time I was 12, 13, 14, that I began to really like interior design. My mother was also a very creative person and had just a really good eye. And so our home was very lovely and growing up and she put together things very well. She worked with an interior designer to do that. And so I knew that, you know, a little bit about how that relationship worked and the importance of hiring an interior designer and not just trying to do it all on your own. So interesting that even though you're creatively bent, that you chose a more lineal career with mathematics. I mean, not that we can't explore both sides, but that you just chose to go towards mathematics. I think for me, the design business and the mathematical side of my brain are intertwined. Okay. Yeah. I sort of approach design as linear problem solving, Hmm. just like you do mathematics. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are good principles of design, just like there are good or rules that you follow in mathematics right. to solve problems and come to solutions. You know, when people first hear that I've, you know, got this math background and I'm an interior designer, they're like, well, those are so different. <laughs> to me, they're not that different. They work well together. Yeah. And that just may be my strange brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I've known other people who have accounting backgrounds and go into interior design as well. So I can see, well, definitely in owning your own business, that there is an advantage of having numbers in your background um, to be able to pay attention to those details and everything is really good. 
And I also have some financial background. So that has helped oh, yeah. a lot in running a business of any kind, you know, to be able to, to look at a spreadsheet, to look at profit and loss statements and see what's happening with your finances. Yeah. When you went into interior design then, so you worked for someone for about two years before starting your own business. Did you always intend to start your own business when you went into the career? I think I did. See, that was like 19. I started working for Bruce in 1989 as an intern. Okay. Then worked until 1993 for him, which was around the time we were having a little bit of a recession. And so business had dried up a bit. And Mm -hmm. I just decided, I took a couple of months off and decided to take that time to really think about, okay, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go with my design background? I didn't want to change careers again. I wanted to stick with design, but that was when I decided to go into business for myself. Okay. Yeah. Much like me, I started my business in a recession as well. (laughs) (laughs) You can't fire yourself. So (laughs) That's true. That is true. And, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to start in a recession. It gives you a little yeah. time to get your feet on the ground and, and get going. Mm-hmm. True. Or to build True. slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you noticed design having an impact in your clients' lives? And like, how do you define design and what's the passion that drives you when you're working for a client? I think my passion is walking away from a job and knowing that my clients are excited to come into their home. I do pretty much all residential design and I really focus on creating a good, functional, safe, and aesthetically pleasing space, a place where people want to come home to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to see the joy on my client's face when they walk into their, to their home that makes it all worthwhile. It really does. And I think it's an intrinsic part of our nature to want to have a home and to have a comfortable home and a personal home. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And oftentimes I think designers need to see it from a personal perspective on their client's behalf as well. Like, would I live in this home or what would I need if I were in this home and try to look through your client's eyes and walk in their shoes and make it personal, like you said. So what is the most challenging part of the career for you that you're finding nowadays? I think right now, the most challenging part is scheduling, Mm -hmm. getting our tradespeople in in a timely fashion, getting product in in a timely fashion. You know, since the beginning of the pandemic, the supply chain has been greatly interrupted. And I think that's just helping my clients understand where we are right now with that. And that, you know, hopefully before too long, things are going to work themselves out. But right now we have a little bit of a wait yeah. for both trades and, and product. You know, that's frustrating because I think a lot of times my clients, they've waited a while before they call me and, you know, decide to do a project. And then they're like, now that I've decided to do it, I want it done, you know, yeah, within a month. Right. <laughs> Not always possible. And, and to try to help my clients understand the reality right now. Yeah. And, you know, that could hopefully change in the next few months. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. 
pre-pandemic, was there any challenges that you faced regularly besides, you know, what we're experiencing now, just as a designer, maybe coming into it as later in life or just in your area of the world? Like, what was your challenge there? Again, finding skilled craftspeople, Mm -hmm. putting together a good team of trades um, is always challenging. And, you know, keeping having enough business to keep those trades going, you know, because business comes and goes a little bit at times. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, that's been a challenge pre-pandemic. Helping clients understand value and reasonable budget. And I, I think that, again, that takes really listening to your client. It takes some patience. It takes a lot of education, yeah. both on the part of the designer, but also on the part of the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, helping them understand that you're not going to get a good quality sofa for $1,500. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just pulling that number out of my head. I know. If only we had a magic wand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think, too, the challenge with things like HGTV, and I don't mean to pick on HGTV necessarily, but just consumers are more aware of certain aspects of the design business, mm-hmm. but not aware of some of the other aspects. Yeah. And getting them up to speed is important and helping them understand that we are not magicians with a bag of tricks. Right. Yeah. Manage those expectations early. <laughs> exactly. So there's less disappointment along the way. Yes. Have you thought about when you're building your business, are you thinking about succession plan or are you thinking about selling it to someone else? Because I think a lot of designers don't necessarily have that in mind when they're building their business. But um, I think I've heard you mention this before. So That's correct, Rebecca. I think I'm thinking about a succession plan. I'm currently the only employee for design of the jobs right now, but I'm, I'm hoping that that changes in the very near future. I'd like to bring on not just an admin person, but also a junior designer yeah. and someone that I could transition my business to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm 61 right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my work dwindling a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not planning to retire anytime real soon. Yeah. But, you know, probably looking maybe 10 years down the road. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when I started my business, I never thought it would be a sellable business, like a design practice, but I've started to notice it more. And maybe it's just because I've been keeping my eye out for it of firms that have been sold to other designers, maybe who are moving into the area and things like that. And so it started me more on a path of looking at the business as if maybe someone else is going to come into it and run it. And so cleaning up all the systems and all that really would help with that. Exactly. Exactly. I think too, that's why I gave my business a necessarily a generic name, but a name that wasn't just tied to me. Right. With that thought in mind down the road, I would eventually pass it along. Yeah. There'd be someone else in charge besides Martha. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you're thinking back to when you first started and you're changing from one career to the next, uh, what kind of emotions did you have come up? Because as I'm mentoring some people who are transitioning or thinking about going from one career into interior design, 
I noticed there's a lot of fear, you know, about making that jump and, you know, like making sure they're doing the right thing that they're, they're they can get a job if they go over into interior design. Did you experience those yourself? I did. You know, change is always scary, mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel like you just have to leap. Yeah. I did do a lot of research before I decided to go back to school to get the degree mm. in design. As, what kind as of to, research did you do? I did research as, you know, what the job was like, what it entailed, what skills were required. Um, I just remember going to the library, looking at various books about mm-hmm. design and, you know, that the hours could be long, you know, it could be stressful at times. Was I willing to take that on? And I decided I was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're up for the challenge. It is a challenge, <laughs> but it's definitely a rewarding career. Like you said, when you, you have those clients that are like, wow, and tears are in their eyes and they just are so happy. It's definitely worth it. When that happens, you know, you've found someone in such a personal way and in such mm-hmm. a good way, a positive way. And, you know, I, I sort of feel like that's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm you know, be a positive influence in the world, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of designers are, you know, choose the profession that they want to help people. And this is the talent that they have. And this is how they can actually affect other people's lives for the better by creating a space that other people can thrive in. Exactly. Now the client this past year who has mobility issues, mm. she's several years younger than I am, but she's had just some health issues that have really limited her mobility. And she asked me to come in and help redesign her bathroom and make it much more accessible. That was such a fulfilling project for me to do because I knew not only was it a pleasing space to look at, but it was a really good functional space. It was a safe space for her. Mm -hmm. It really met her needs. Yeah. That's like the pinnacle of our job there. It is. It certainly is. Well, what kind of advice would you give to someone else who is starting out maybe or going through what you went through? I would say do research. Make sure you know what the job entails. Work on communication skills because it's key. Put together a good team. And that is not only tradespeople, but obviously tradespeople, but also get good legal advice, good financial Mm. advice get a good lawyer, get a good accountant, get good business advice, maybe work with a business coach before you start out. Yeah. And it's hard to make those investments up front. Sometimes you don't, you're like, is it really worth it? But, you know, hindsight for us, both being in our careers for a while and working with different coaches that yes, getting coached is definitely worth it. (laughs) Done coaching off and on throughout my career. I'm doing it right now. And it's just been very beneficial. Fabulous. Well, Mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to share with those people who are curious about the interior design career? I think I would just share that it's a very fulfilling career. Mm -hmm. And again, we're helping people realize a dream. And that's so important. I I think especially in this day and age when when things are a little less than positive sometimes Mm -hmm. that to really create, and and again, I'm talking about residential design mostly, to create a space where people just want to come home and relax and enjoy their home is really important. Very good. Well, where can everybody go to see your beautiful work? Thank you. 
to Design of the Times Incorporated. So it's D-E-S-I-G-N-O-F-T-I-M-E-S-I-N-C.com. We'll put that in the show notes, the link in the okay. show notes, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's, it's the whole name of my business.com, and that's my website. And my website is undergoing, well, it's it's good right now, but it's going to be revised. Okay, good. So, always a work in progress. <laughs> We're always adding to it, <laughs> updating. Great. Well, thank you so much, Martha, for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting your insight. Good to talk to you too, Rebecca. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Martha. All right. Bye-bye. So good. So I really enjoyed that interview with Martha. I just really love her perspective coming from a more lineal mathematic background and then coming into interior design and using all of those, all of the experiences that she's had to help her fine tune her interior design career and make the most of it. She's worked on some great projects, has wonderful traditional design that you're going to want to check out on her website. We will include all of that information in the show notes as always. Please feel free to reach out to me If there is a topic that you would love for me to discuss on the podcast, because I want to make sure all of my content is relevant to those who are researching the career, and if there's something that I haven't been talking about, I really want to make sure that you are getting your questions answered. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. I love getting those reviews. That's it for this week, Creative One. Stay tuned for another great episode next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.